Welcome to the Moral of the Story podcast again. I'm your host, Jared Moral, and I'm joined today by a very good friend of mine, Mr. Madison Bailey. Madison, say what's up. What's up, man? Excited to be here. Hell yeah, I'm happy you're uh, you're doing this. Um, I'm actually super stoked. Make sure my volume's all the way up on my phone. Doing this shit over Instagram, which is rad. Thank God technology doesn't suck. This is true. <laughs> this is true. We're all stoked in this blessed COVID world. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm pretty tired of it, honestly, dude. I mean, I get yeah, it. Yeah, but... it's. I, I'm in Texas, and it's like Texas was just the first state to hit a million cases. So I'm like, we're like trying to have fun, but it's like, like this is kind of sketchy. That's. I mean, that's fair. I, dude, I had it back in July, and it really like. Did France, you? Yeah, it depends on the person for sure, but I didn't have it that bad. I just lost I lost my taste a little bit, and like I was stuffed up a little. I didn't have any cough, no respiratory, and then I was just dumb. Like, I legit couldn't function. But That's good that it didn't fuck you up. Yeah. I've, I've definitely heard some stories. Yeah, I've definitely heard some bad things, but... Anyways, um, how... I'm trying to think, how long have we known each other, give or, or known each other, give or take, like... Three shit. Three years? Yeah, probably, probably, probably going on three years here. Probably three years. Yeah. Well, like, it was I, when I met you when I met Mel. So yeah, I was gonna say it was when we were when me and Mel were working together. Yeah. Which, yeah, in the shop that first year of shop life. Yeah, and for everyone listening, Mel is Madison's girlfriend. Just yep for reference, yep. and then I just kind of all all fucking stoked on the powder, and yeah, that was a fun first year. Oh yeah. For sure, man. That was that was a weird year too, because it's when I like really got into snowboarding, like when I really started to get the itch for it. And yeah, it was, that was like a perfect place to work too. Where were where'd you? That's work like at? where what? Where were you working at the time? I always worked at Gondola General, the little general store down oh, yeah. right right below Powder Tools. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, dude, that was the king of that place. It was the jam because it was owned by Christie Sports, so I get the free pass every year and I get paid well because it was Christie Sports. That's what's up. And it was super easy. I knew everyone really well. I knew my job really well. It was that was I missed that job. That was, that seems like a pretty clutch job right there. That was chill. So I'm slinging candy and cigarettes. What are you? Are you doing anything in Texas right now or? Now I'm just looking for jobs actually back in Colorado, but I'm like looking for big boy jobs. So I'm just yeah. on unemployment right now, but it's definitely running out. Yeah. Dude, I feel that once mine ran out, I was like, all right, time to get a job. And then, <laughs> time to start working again. Yeah. Now Dylan and I work at uh Billow. That's sick. Yeah. We work in the I, warehouse. I never really went to that dispensary much. I was, I'm, when I was living in Steamboat, I was like a hardcore cult member of the rmr <laughs> really yeah I, I don't know everyone is super nice over there to me they would always like hook me up like i knew like half people's names but shout out to anyone at rmr dude rmr is going <laughs> under is it yeah it got bought by tumbleweed oh no yeah well, like, looks like i was in the right time oh it is what it is i mean <laughs> Oh yeah, that's funny. Like I like how everyone has their dispensary that they go to in Steamboat. 
that's definitely the case. Like if I if the longs or the lines were too long for some reason at RMR, I would like on a whim go to Golden Leaf because I at least knew a couple people there. Yeah. Shit, my beer overflowed. Cheers. Cheers. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Shiner. Well, Shiner it's a Bach. Texas beer, super cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Have you drank Lone Star at all? Yeah, I've had Lone Star before for sure. I'm not a fan. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I don't like it as much either. I like this the Spotsol company that makes Shiner, and yeah. then Deep Ellum makes some very delicious beer as well. That's a, that's a brewery. Yeah, Deep Ellum Brewery. Okay, I stayed in Deep I, they Ellum. They definitely on Steamboat. They what? I know you went there. Yeah, that's where Dylan and I saw Enter Shikari. <clears throat> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you I mean, guys were there for like literally like twenty four hours. No, it was twenty two. If that. <laughs> was 20, we literally showed up, got a little drunk, saw this show, went to sleep, went to the airport. That was. See, it. that's that pretty sick though i remember dylan was stoked when he came back from that oh yeah oh and we got tattoos in the meantime yep uh, and then you guys you guys hung out and like uh got pretty cool with the the bartenders there right and the, yeah the owner yeah the owner was like super tight with us was, like dude you guys should come back like hit me up we'll uh we'll figure some stuff out i want to come to steamboat we we're like hell yeah it was that was pretty cool yeah deep elms really cool mel and i went over there actually when uh when they like announced that Biden beat Trump. We were like, we were like, let's go down to Dallas and check things out. Whoa, check things out. And uh, it was actually weak sauce in Dallas. We didn't see anyone really parading out of buildings or anything. Yeah, it was it was weak. Well, maybe you had to go to Austin for that. Maybe not Dallas. <laughs> it was definitely popping in like yeah, San Antonio and Austin. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well. um why don't we jump into it, man? I you got a good story for us today, right? I do. Hell yeah! yeah. It, let's see. So, I if anyone that doesn't know me, I am a snowboarder at heart, and I got the I was lucky enough to have the opportunity that like my parents like saw my passion when I was young for snowboarding, and they put straight up money down to make sure that I could always like compete, and I like joined like a club so I could like uh have coaching and then obviously like chaperones for like any time we had to like travel for contests and stuff so did you did you go super to like blessed a, to have that was it like a mountain school kind of like what they have at Stratton or no I I actually went to public high school okay. and somehow it, it's it was pretty common for the area I know they do it in Steamboat but like I got basically like PE credits for going snowboarding okay because it was like i was like, like part of a club so like they knew i was like going to like train basically it was yeah. like you know like basically jock kids would get the same thing at my school for like Football they would just do or... weightlifting hours okay yeah that makes sense yeah so i was lucky enough to be able to travel and this was probably i think this was my sophomore no i yeah i was it was my sophomore year in high school, so I was, I was 16, so I was, like, I was a little punk-ass kid, but, oh, like, fuck. a low-key punk-ass kid, like, like, none of the parents would ever know that I was, like, 
smoking weed and like getting <laughs> drunk and just like fucking around. Cause I didn't, I didn't put off that persona to like adults. Yeah. I tried to show that I was like respectable. Fair. So we were traveling to a competition and it was in Mammoth, but we would, we would fly into Reno mm-hmm. and you know, since traveling is ridiculously expensive, we'd always get like the the super late night flights because they're just cheaper. Yeah, cheap. And I grew up in Carbondale, which is about three hours away from Denver. And me and my buddies, like before the contest, like weekend came up, we were like, let's get edibles and like we'll <laughs> eat them in the car and we'll be super blazed for our flight and it'll be super fun and chill. And we were, like, super stoked, like, hyping each other up before it. Like, one of my buddies, he, like, because, ha- all right, so this was before weed was legal, too. So, yeah. like, you had to have a med card to get it. But one of my buddies had one. And so he got these, like, medical-grade edibles are on another level. Oh, yeah. Compared to, like, the shit they sell on the public side. Yep. And I was just a little... I was just a little cocky, arrogant shithead. And I thought I could just get the most stone. It was like those gnarly, like 250 gram decadose, like brownies that are like yeah. the size of like two quarters. Yeah, they'll get you high for like two days. Yeah. So we're getting close to the Denver airport and we're like, all right, like nudging each other, like it's the time. Because we wanted to like basically get like right through security and then feel it yeah it's like no one wants that anxiety of going through security just like oh, when dude. an edible hits it's the worst i've done it it's the worst thing ever yeah so we like we timed it really well but okay so i'm getting a little too far ahead here back up <laughs> All right. i got the idea that i was because i it was like it was a night flight so i was like we'll like get really stoned it'll be funny and we take off and then I'm going to sleep on the plane. So, oh, Cassius, come here. Dog's here. All right, <laughs> so I bought NyQuil before the, <laughs> yeah, I bought NyQuil. And I was like, all right, I'm going to, like, take a swig, and then I'll be, like, super, super, like, mellow and yeah. want to sleep when I get on the plane. So, Brought the bottle of NyQuil. So we're right before the airport. I take like a swig or two of NyQuil, pass it around, and my friend's like, no, I don't want that. Because we had just taken these like 250 milligram edibles. Yeah. And we we were like getting right up to the airport, and my buddy Jake is like, should we split one more? And I'm like, fuck it, yeah. <laughs> so like, I like take a little nibble off, probably like another like 50 milligrams. Nice. And we're on our way. We like get our tickets, check our, our board bags, go through security. Like it actually was perfect timing in terms of the edible hitting. It like basically hit us right on the tail end of security. And we're like, oh man, like blaze in the DIA airport. Like this is going to be fun <laughs> as hell. Because my coach, he would just let us loose, you know? Yeah. We would just, like, run off, and we, like... I remember we went and got pizza. I don't know what the restaurant was, but it's, like, you know, airport, expensive-ass fucking chain food. Fucking CC's, yeah. I got whatever. whole pizza for myself. Whole pizza. <laughs> and I had 
you know, probably three slices left that I didn't finish. Mm-hmm. Like I ate a large amount of it. And like at this point too, like I'm like gaining more and more and more high. Like yeah. I'm significantly like more glazed eyed and just like looking like a fucking bag of shit. I'm assuming your eyes <laughs> must've just been destroyed too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get back to our gate. Our coach is waiting for us. We get on the plane. Like, I'm like, like at this moment, I'm like having so much fun giggling with my friends. Like, my coach probably knows we're like stoned because he's not a fucking idiot. Yeah. And he was, he was like right at the front of the plane in economy. And we're like, but fuck in the middle of the back or in the back just like probably four rows up from the back yeah and i'm sitting by my two buddies which was nice and so they're 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 doing the um you know like for the flight they'll show like the video of all like the safety things yeah like fucking click your your belt and yeah all that fun stuff yeah and like the timing of it is usually when you're like going on the tarmac waiting in line for your takeoff so, while that is going on, I'm just, like, sitting in my chair, just like, fuck. Like, I don't feel very good. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, the video is playing, and, like, we're going across the tarmac, and I'm just like, you're good. You're good, you know, just like denial, denial, yeah, you're, denial. You're in your head, just like trying to hold it back. Yeah, I'm like, you're a champ. Like you, you've gotten so much more stoned in the past. Like you've got this. And that's and like we got closer and closer in the taxi to like our our chance to take off. We were probably like three planes away from taking off, and I was like, fuck, I'm gonna throw up. Like it's <laughs> happening. So I'm, like, trying to, like, keep it in for, like, a couple more seconds. And I, like, go to grab the puke bag uh-huh. right in front of me. And my seat doesn't have one. <laughs> and I'm, like, oh, no. So, like, last-ditch effort, I, like, grab the middle seat right, like, right next to my buddy. And just, like, as I'm grabbing the puke bag, I just go full projectile just all over my arm like i had a sweatshirt on just all (laughs) over my hoodie all over the seat in front of me and it was like dripping onto my backpack on the ground and (laughs) they recycle air in planes but it's like it takes a while for like a full recycle of air so (laughs) within seconds within seconds there's just this lady that's just like what is that smell (laughs) just like petrified and like people are like looking around like like you could just like hear people slowly like the smell was hitting like up the plane like row by row and people was like what is that and like finally someone right next to me like is like what like it like looks and realizes it's me and it's just like "Ah!" just like mass chaos for a second on the plane and I'll never forget this, look. But the the flight attendant, like, comes running down the, the, the aisle and just, like, like 
people like pointing just like over there right. over there it's that fucking guy <laughs> yeah and i'm just like oh, i'm sorry <laughs> and so like the flight attendant passes me for a second they're like no right there and the flight attendant looks back at me and it's just like oh just like like she almost like wanted to pee in the headlights just like just beyond too because they're like fuck now i have to deal with this yeah and I'm just like, I'm what? just like petrified, just like, uh, and my friends are even just like, what the fuck, Madison? Like, <laughs> so I'm just like, literally kill me, like throw me off the plane, run me over with the plane. Okay? Well, it's like, what do you do if you're the stewardess? Like, do you deal with it now or you wait until takeoff happens? So I will <laughs> tell you what the protocol is because I found out that night. So they take us out of line in the taxi. Oh. Like we're 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 not taking off, okay? <laughs> so the protocol is that since like like because of like it's ironic because there's a virus pandemic happening right now, but like the the idea is like you have to contain it because it's a biohazard. Oh, okay, yeah. Any bodily fluid is a biohazard. Yep especially in those like closed airlock environments. Yep. So uh, since I threw up in the seat in front of me, they all right. So they threw all like the the cushions of like the the seat in front of me into like these r- red biohazard bags mm-hmm. and then they like literally like took the seat out itself. So it was just like missing. <laughs> so you had extra leg room is what you're ba- saying. Yeah, like, it <laughs> delayed the flight by, like, 45 minutes. We were just sitting on the tarmac. So, they take the seat out, put it in the back, and, like, they're, like, trying as nicely as they can to deal with me. They're like, hey, do you have, like, any clothes, like, in your in your carry-on? And I was like, yeah, I do. So, I go into the back, change, and, like, when I come back out, I'm just, like, kind of standing there. With, like, my throw-up covered, like, hoodie and, like, my new clothes on. And I'm just, like, standing there because my, like, my, like, they're, like, in my seat zone. Like, I couldn't even enter there because they're, like, spraying this, like, powder that, like, gets rid of scent. And, like, there's, like, a whole operation. They're, like, (laughs) scrubbing it down just enough to where, like, it just won't smell for the flight. Yeah. And they took out the seat that I was sitting in, too. So my friends are just sitting in, like, the two remaining seats, just, like, watching this go down. And I'm just, like, (laughs) in the back, just, like, fuck. And, like, I look up, and my coach is just, like, looking back at me and just, like, makes eye contact with me and just goes like this. Just shaking his head. Like, laughing, and then just, like, turned around. (laughs) And I was just like, God, like, fuck me. I fucked up. So... The cool thing that happened was the only cool thing that happened was they put me in the back, like all the way in the back seat. I got like my whole row so I could just like forget I actually existed and everyone else could for the rest of their flight because it delayed the flight by 45 minutes. And like the smell was absolutely horrendous. Like I do not (laughs) blame people for having the reactions that they did because it was was horrible. Like, you could taste it. Like, oh, it just, like... I know what you mean, too. Yeah. It just, like, Oof. covered the entire atmosphere that was locked in that plane. Yeah. And 
So we fly into Reno. Here, actually, I forgot too. They also had to throw my clothes into a red biohazard bag, mm-hmm. and then they just like stored it up top. But they like gave them some of those like beads that like absorb smell. Oh yeah, those like like weird like silica like silica. slimy beads. Yeah, like like zorbies almost. Yeah. So they put my clothes in a biohazard bag. Do the flight. I just like fell asleep, forgot I existed for like three and a half hours. We land in Reno. It's like 10 p.m. there. So we're like the only ones in the airport. It was like regional airports. Like that's like the yeah. latest flight that's coming in. So like all the restaurants are closed. <laughs> we're like the only ones walking through. And so I get off the plane. My coach and all my friends are waiting for me because I'm like carrying my carry on. And then I also have this red biohazard bag. Like it's got like the skull and crossbones on it, yeah. like full on. So they're like waiting for me, just like ready to like roast me like <laughs> to a- oblivion. Just yeah. like. <laughs> and they did. Like I get off the plane, they're like, you fucking idiot. Like. <laughs> It was it was the worst. Just like that in itself, my coach just being like, "Dude, Madison, you're like, what the fuck, dude? You're an idiot." Like, it, like, because I like, you know, he's my mentor, and he yeah. like, I tried not to fuck around, like, especially with snowboarding. Like, I didn't, I didn't like party and snowboard for right. a long time at that point. I was serious about it. Okay, I do. I feel you. <laughs> you know me. I don't drink or smoke or nothing when I ride. I feel that. That's good. Because you can, yeah, honestly, you have your most enjoyable days when it's like that. Yeah. So, the worst part, honestly, the worst part besides, like, the initial just, like, oh, my God, fucking chaos, (laughs) was we walked through the airport, the empty-ass airport, and I was, like, the last person to get to the baggage claim, Mm -hmm. and I'm just holding my red biohazard bag, (laughs) just, like, looking down. Just like waiting for my board bag. And just like every time I'd look up, people would just be like mean mug me, just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, just like everyone just knows it was me. Yeah. Like I caused probably the like the most memorable flight for a lot of other people too. You well, know? <laughs> and that biohazard bag was like the scarlet letter. It was just like, yeah, it was me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was, like, no hiding it. Plus, like, my friends are, like, dogging me, like, it was fucking it. Yeah. Like, mutilate the fly. Like, boo. <laughs> Wait, did they actually they were, like, boo you? booing me, like, egging people on. You actually got booed in the airport. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can check that off your life list. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. So... That is, like, literally, I haven't seen my coach in a couple years, but, like, there's no way I cross his path without me fucking seeing him. And he doesn't try to tell that story to someone that has not heard it before. So like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's just ingrained in my flesh. Cause I've like, I've heard him tell it to like my parents. I've heard him tell it to like my friend's parents, yeah, like <laughs> other coworkers. Cause he like owns a snowboard shop in Aspen. So it's just that like, hard. I've heard it told a million times by my snowboard coach because he—it's just like you can tell he like it was like 
he was so embarrassed at the time, but he's just like, I'm never going to let this down. You like little shit. I mean, that's like, you got to think that's got to be one of his best stories. And he's like, that's, I would take that as an honor, at least a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Highlight it's, of a career. it's like an honor, like looking back in the past, I can like laugh on it so hard, but like, boy, I was embarrassed for a long time about it. <laughs> like genuinely in like the deep, deep pits of my soul was just like, wow. Well, so uh, realistically, how yeah. long do you think you were embarrassed? And like how long until it took that it was like funny to tell the story? You know what I mean? Oh, man. So it happened when I was a sophomore. So it probably took me like it definitely took me until I got out of high school. That makes sense. You didn't yeah, have to, like, didn't have to see I probably started like jokingly telling it when I was like maybe a freshman in college because okay. I was like away from it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, shit, but, I would I would take some time. <laughs> yeah, and like I just remember like being so scared of him telling it to like my parents because like I like told my all my friends I was like you better not mention this ever to like my parents or your parents like this does not leave this trip and it finally happened where like my coach like told my parents and I was just like mortified because <laughs> I was there I like just had to listen to him tell it yeah wait how how long after did he tell them he told it like either I think he told it like so he was my coach probably like ages like 14 to 18 so he probably told it when i was like 18 okay like right about to like it was probably like it was like my last season like my senior season with like the aspen valley skiing snowboard program so yeah. he's just like told he like that that's when he really let loose like he told it to everyone and yeah. then i worked in his shop like the following like i would always work in his shop on like winter break and like spring break when i'd go home yeah you told me about that shop actually yeah, radio board shop. It's if you're ever in Aspen, like definitely check it out because it's sweet. I'm, dude, I'm hoping to go this year. I still haven't been. It's the mecca. I mean, I've get, I'm pretty biased, but I mean, there's fair four mountains within like a rock's throw. Yeah, that's legitness. It's tight. <laughs> Wait, I'm curious. Did you? I'm not gonna name names, just because I don't like to, but. Our connection to Sandwich, Massachusetts. Oh yeah. Did he did he ever hear that story? Do you think? Or like did you know him freshman year of college? I did, yeah, yeah. He was my he was my buddy Dalton, Dalton Vickles, his uh roommate. In oh, the they lived together? Were... Yeah. I yeah, did not roommates. know that. And then he oh, my God. This this mutual associate, he got his pass pulled, like, yeah. day two of the mountain opening. And, <laughs> like, not only got his pass pulled, but he, like, here's another story. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this, but Go ahead. he basically, this person, uh, he went out on uh, what scholarship day, like, the day before yeah. the mountain, like, officially opens, he went out and got a pass, because those are, like, separate from your season pass, right. like, your season pass doesn't work, it. 
he got his pass pulled on that day and they were like they were like don't come back until next week and he, he was just like whoa ho, ho. like <laughs> i i just i haven't even got my pass printed yet so like i can go tomorrow so he went and he like literally got in a fight with this dude at four points and the, the ski patrols like recognized him from the day before yeah. and were just like you little shit so they pulled his pass and then he like i remember he like had to go back in to like the steamboat steamboat corporate office and like they like sat him down and they were like you can't ride here for three years <laughs> three years <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he like he like moved away like he like he i i don't know if he dropped out of like school or what but like he like left within like a week of Jesus. that happening that's that's something I didn't know that much. I knew he yeah. got, I knew he left really early, but Jesus. Yeah, yeah, he lasted like I, that was the crazy part to me because like I mean, growing up in Colorado, like compared to like the East Coast, like you definitely like have to learn like mountain etiquette. Oh yeah, really young, and like not be a dick. Like you can you know if someone cuts you off, like you can yell at them. Yeah, but like I always learned to like anytime the ski patrols would like say like don't do that like don't like don't like you just hype like, them up because it like it never works yeah you'll always get fucked in the end yeah so like i've noticed like it's not everyone from the east coast but like there's definitely like some of those like hard-ass mentalities that like grew up like riding the east coast that like come to steamboat and like unfortunately like get in a lot of trouble because mm-hmm. they're just like kind of smart asses sometimes <laughs> dude that's what i grew up with man i know all about it i was that actually yeah. i was that and then i learned real quick yeah it's definitely like it can be a steep learning curve for some people and like dude i was i used to be a little shit to ski patrol at like aspen growing up and there was definitely a couple times where I like almost got my pass pulled because of my mouth. Yeah. And like it, it sometimes it literally like you getting your pass pulled comes down to like the words you choose. To yeah, say. legit. I, I've been I've been in like some situations where it's like I really need to pick my words very carefully, or I will not be able to ride for the next week. Like I need to. Yeah. Like actually, last year at the beginning of the season, before the whole mountain was open, we like poached the line. Which it was kind of, it it was open, but it wasn't, there was no signs, like it legit was not marked off. But we got to the bottom and like, Ski Patrol was there and like one of the homies was just like, Ski Patrol was like, will you sit down? He's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. Like, yeah, you got me. Like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? And I was like, shut up, dude. Like, just chill. I want to yeah. ride. <laughs> yeah. Like, keep your cool. Like, if, if we're civil right now, we can ride, like. For the rest of the year and tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> just um, like some people like and like I like I said, like I've fallen victim to this too. It's just like your ego with like snowboarding can just like overpower like your actual like just being a human to human with yeah. some people when you're on the mountain and like if you come in with too hot of a head, like you can really get yourself in trouble, especially at Colorado resorts. Big time. Big time. Um, bring it back to your original story that I, I actually love that little side side story though. That was fucking awesome. Um, what do we, what do we think a moral is for, uh, puking on a fucking plane? <laughs> All right. I honestly, I dude, I'm like, I've been trying to think of one. I'd have no idea. 
So the moral of this story, if there <laughs> is any moral of this story, is crossfade wisely, <laughs> especially when it comes to traveling. That's fair. I get, yeah. I would say, like, my version would be know your limits a little bit. Although, oh, yeah, NyQuil has booze in it. Or it has alcohol in it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was, like... That doesn't help. I was I was definitely bad in high school because I definitely would just, like, slurp it and be like, hey, like, oh, sir. <laughs> dude. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had some times with some Robitussin. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. we've all been in that, like, phase of just, like, you know, you listen to a couple... Wiz Khalifa songs and all of a sudden you're dipping blunts and fucking codeine. Yeah, yeah, right? You're like, this is kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm I'm going to regret doing this if I like keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like that, though. Crossfade wisely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, I, I'd be lying if I say I don't, I don't still crossfade here and there, but... You know, I've definitely uh, stepped it back a little bit, you know. Dude, I feel you. Now that now that Dylan and I are working in a weed warehouse, like, we smoke at work. Like, that's just what we do. And, like, I'll come home, I'll keep ripping my bong, and then I'd have some beers, and I'm like, oh, I gotta go to bed now. Because anything I do from yeah. here on out is gonna be dumb. Yeah. And, alright, so, drinking and smoking over the years, I've realized that it comes within one beer, one shot, or one, like, preferably bong rip. Yeah. You got to watch your bong rip when you're drinking. For sure. Because you can take one, and your body will just reject it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. Yeah. It's like, you'll be, like, fine. You're like, oh, my God, like, I'm having the best night ever. And you'll, like, take a bong rip and, like drink like a couple swigs of beer and then all of a sudden you're like i can't see straight like i'm swaying all you can hear is like yeah yeah i feel that that is bad news especially if you're like in if you're at a bar and like like, this happened to me i'll I'll be at a bar i'll take a huge rip off a, a pen and then it just rips through me and i'm like oh i need to leave now or it's gonna be bad like, yeah. where's the bus stop, dude? <laughs> it's definitely an art. So, yeah, I think I think it, now, now that I think more on it, now that we've talked about it, I think it is actually a good moral, is, is you know, crossfade responsibly, always uh, keep an eye on uh, your limits. Yeah. I mean, yeah, push them together. Crossfade wisely and know your limits. You know, gotta be careful with that shit. Yeah. Otherwise, we're, you'll we're puke in front of a karaoke next generation bar. how to do this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, for all those high school kids listening to this, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I really hope there's not high school. You kids You have like a this. huge high school following. I'm just like, what's what's going on there, Jared? I mean, yeah. It's, it turns out Steamboat uh, High School listens to my podcast every week. That's why we're probably gonna have everything shut down tomorrow. I mean. Are you even woke in 2020 if you don't listen to at least, like, seven podcasts a week? Yeah, dude. I mean, hell, I, I feel like I'm just joining a club here. I feel like everyone in the world has their own podcast now. And I was like, oh, pandemic, let's hop on there. <laughs> yes, I would say the influx of podcasts in the pandemic age has, like, it's noticeable. Oh, 
Big time. Big time. I, like I said, dude, I'm definitely part of that statistic. I also I also have the means of doing it, though. Like, my roommate has a whole setup and, like, can do all this stuff and can edit it. So I was like, yeah, why not? Like, I don't care if anyone Yeah, reason. honestly, like, now that you got the logo, too, like, it's dude, legit. Fire logo. Shout out to Sage, who, who uh, drew that up for me. I Shoot. definitely dig. Yeah, I, I think you got a good little operation going here. And, like, the biggest thing is, like, I feel like people try to be, like, unique with podcasts. They're like, this is, like, our little baby niche. But, yeah. like, I feel like you picked, like, a simple, like, platform of just, like, tell a story. Is there a moral of it? What is the moral of the story? Yeah. And it's fun because your last name's Morel. Yeah, exactly, man. Like, I, I, and it plays off so well. Like, I have fun telling stories and hearing stories. So it makes sense to do it, you know what I mean? Why wouldn't I? Yeah. I I love the premise of this podcast. And Hell yeah. I am definitely down to come on for more episodes. I'll just have to like think through my memory bank of different terrible things I've done. Dude, whenever you want. <laughs> it does, and it doesn't even have to be terrible, too. Like I, I try to tell people it can be a heart, heartwarming story or whatever. You know, it can be any story. But if you got something, man, you let me know. You're... I'm happy you came on. I appreciate it. You're obviously welcome back whenever, dude. I I love doing this. Yeah, maybe Mel and I'll have to come on for like a like a dual episode and we can tell a funny story of oh. our relationship. Yeah, dude, I'm down. Whenever you want. Y'all let me know. We can figure for it sure. out. Sure. Hell yeah. Well, uh, I think that's a good place to wrap up, man. I I really appreciate you uh being on the show i'm i really love the story remember everyone crossfade wisely and know your limits <laughs> always know your limits people thank you for having me and uh we'll see you next time all right thank you all for listening <laughs>